Wow. Welcome, Pascal. How are you? I'm super good. How are you? Good, good. So let me introduce you properly. Pascal Dubai is here and we are going to be talking about like a subject that is very close to my heart. And that is as a parent, how to best communicate with teenagers. And Pascal is a coach for parents of teenagers, which I find like super like underserved and so needed. So Pascal, tell us about this, you know, a little bit about your journey of how you decided to coach parents with teenagers and like, what is the state of parents and teenagers and communications today? Yeah, uh, it's kind of ironic because prior to deciding of coaching parents, I used to coach leaders in, in, the, business, in the business world. And what I am is a communication specialist. So I coach towards improving your communications. So I used to coach business leaders or business owners that were struggling with their teams. And of course, COVID hit and COVID has been like a really big issue, even for parents. And when COVID hit, I saw my friends struggling uh, in handling their teenagers. I saw people around me that were really having a hard time, you know, with the confinement and quarantine and everything. And even my heart wasn't like completely into it when I was coaching business owners and leaders, because I felt like their involvement was not as um, passionate as it could be because the emotional link between them and their teams, of course, is purely business. So it's not, there's not much of an emotional connection there. And when COVID hit, I had to reassess what my story was and what I really truly wanted to have as an impact on the world. And I went back to my, my own life and looking back, I always loved working with teenagers. I used to work in summer camps and for some reason, teenagers really related to me as I related to them. And it comes from my personal story, which we could go into uh, later on if you want, but I started a journey in the end of this, of this year. So in 2021, I decided that I wanted to change the market I was targeting. And uh, a friend of mine helped me figure out what I, what I needed to do. And uh, it just came as an epiphany. I needed to help teenagers through their parents, because as you know, with the digital world that we live today, and with so many screens taking so much of our time, I feel like there's a very deep need for connection that teenagers have. Parents are super busy and somehow they try to find connection through a means that is not completely fulfilling them because the connection is kind of superficial through screens. They don't know like what is true human connection, what is deep connection and parents are at the forefront they're responsible, of course, for their teenagers, for their well-being. And I've seen so many parents be completely helpless at trying to help socialize their, their children and help, and help them, you know, navigate those troubled waters of emotions and express themselves through constructive means. And that's really what I'm, what I'm trying to do with, with my company, Parent Lead Coach. Yeah, I was just having breakfast with one of my mom friends and we both have teenagers and actually my teen, my oldest teenager is 19. Her boys are, you know, in their early twenties, but I think today, you know, even in their early twenties, like it's kind of the same, you know, in the same realm of problems. And we were talking about like when we were growing up, you know, our parents weren't nearly as involved as we, you know, need to be or should be when we don't know how to do it because of there's so many distractions and there's so many different layers. And I kind of felt like when I was growing up, I was just a little bit on, you know, autopilot, you know, I didn't have as much 
interaction with with my my parents but i think that today's teenagers and even you know older teenagers or young adults are really struggling and it's almost like you know how do you balance like micromanaging helicopter parent versus meeting them where they need to be or not letting them just like fall on their face and you know make some catastrophic you know types of mistakes yeah i think what's most i think what's most hard for parents is that as you said when we were growing up we didn't have we didn't have this right mm-hmm. and we had i believe more freedom because you know when i was at my my friends there was a landline if my parents wanted to reach me but basically they could not reach me everywhere every time all the time and it was the same with my with my friends so of course i had we had perhaps more alone time with our own thoughts processing what was going on in our world so less distraction like you said i think by trying to gaining time we have lost track of how time and taking time is important for us to process everything that happens to us and as a teenager you go through the fastest paced changes you will ever go through your whole life so there's always and all the time there's so much data coming in even without the phone without the internet you change your biology changes your physiology your your social life changes your psychology changes your brain goes through this amazing transformation where you start to process information you start from emotional from an emotional standpoint and you try to become more and more rational you're trying to build up this machinery that will help you decipher the world moving forward and you're trying to figure out who you are so it's a lot to go through and when you've got a device that's kind of second brain, if you want, you basically, you overload yourself with information instead of just settling down and trying to uh, make sense of what's happening. You, you kind of, you don't have time. And those devices are addictive. I know most studies now show that screens or video games are more and more addictive. It disrupts our sleep. So it, it can be very stressful for the kid and for the parents. But the difference is the parents know the harm that it's doing to them and their kid, but the children don't necessarily have the experience or the knowledge or even the, the brain power to basically deal with it, which is very hard. So where do you start with parents when you're coaching them on how to best communicate with their... Yeah, we're humans. So of course, technology has evolved super quickly, but we haven't. We have a deep-seated need for connection and time is of the essence. So you really have to figure out a way to carve out time in your own schedule as a parent to spend time with your, with your child away from screens, away from distraction, just to have some quality time with them. But there are basics that come with communicating with your teenager that you have to rely on trust. Trust is the most important currency between you and your teenager. And unfortunately, when it comes to time as you're a teenager, you try to detach from your parent. And sometimes it can create mistrust or distrust between the parent and the child. Usually those things kind of work themselves out. But if you can manage to go throughout the the adolescence of your kid, and go through it with keeping this trusting bond, you're going to be okay. How do you do that? That's hard. (laughs) Very hard. It's very, well, 
it can be easy for some, some people have it more easy, you know, communications is a skill, it's a learned skill. That's why coaching may come handy if you feel like you're lacking. But ironically, I found that some of the problems that arise between parents and, ch and children, they're kind of the same communications issue that I faced with managers and their teams. So there's this person that's responsible for the well-being of the, the, these other people. What we have lost sight of, I think, as, as, a, as a species or, or as a society, are what I call the five pillars of good communications. So the first thing you have to make sure is when you communicate with, with your teenager, you have to be in control of your emotional state. You have to make sure that your emotional state is the right one. And you have to make sure that the emotional state of your kid, that they're not distracted, that you know they're fully present, that you are fully present. Of course, you can't control totally what their attitude is going to be. But if you can control and manage your own emotional state, which is also a skill, then you set up the, the basics of, of a good conversation or a good communication. The second thing, and I just discussed a bit about that, is communication is a lot more about listening and observing than it is about talking. And sometimes when we are with our teenagers or when we're discussing even with our partner, if we're in an argument or something is getting heated, we tend to fall back on not listening, but trying to find a comeback. So we're not fully present. We're trying to find a way to reassess control or to be right. So we are trying to find for an argument to counter what the other person is saying instead of fully observing and fully absorbing the information that is provided to us by the person that we're talking to. So this is the second thing, listening. The third thing, and I think this is, can be wrapped up in empathy, if you will, is to be conscious that first your teenager is going through all of this, all of these things. You're not even aware of everything that they're going through, but they're going through a lot of things. And if you look back in your own experience and you remember what it was to be a teenager, it was confusing, it was stressful, it was anxiety inducing. And we don't even talk about you know, social media. We didn't have it and it was still stressful. So you can imagine what, what type of pressure they're under. So try to remember that the person in front of you, their reality is very different from your own. And when you are trying to have a conversation to have communication with them, you bring your own reality on the table and they're doing the same. But keep in mind that because you're the adult and they're the teenager, your reality is not more important than theirs. Their reality is as important as yours. So if you can manage to find it in you to relate to what they're going through and really come with an open heart, it will really greatly help the connection and the link that you're going to have with your teenager. So th this is third. Remember that your reality is not more important than theirs. And dismissing their experience is just going to cut the bridge. The bridge will be cut. They will not be listening to you anymore. So fourth thing, which is supremely important in any relationship, is coherence or what I would say is between what you say and what you do, it needs to be aligned. If you put on rules that you constantly break in front of your teenager, they're going to know that you're full of BS, right? So you have to be coherent. Coherent is probably the most important thing and consistency is the most important thing to building trust if you've lost it. So you have to 
um, be humble enough to admit when you make a mistake and to admit it clearly in front of your, of your teenager. Admit it when you're wrong. Say you're sorry when you're wrong and really truly mean it because they can tell the difference. <laughs> They're old enough that they can say when it's really heartfelt or not. And the fifth component, it was brought up by Brene Brown and I think is something that's- I love her. We all struggle, but we need to keep it coming and, and reaffirm and relearn how to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is the essence of connection. If you put up the front all the time and you rather be right than be happy, of course, the walls of your teenager will keep up and you will have a very hard time to connect with them. So those are the basics. We're not even talking about technology. Technology is a context. Human interactions, it's not rocket science. It, it can be learned. It's a learned skill. And we need, I think, to go back to having better connections. And it will greatly help us deal with that once we're you know, strongly connected. Yeah. I've definitely broke off five of those multiple times with my team. <laughs> I'm definitely guilty, but I think like the, the, it bring it like made me think of like timing is so key. And even not just with, you know, communicating with your teenagers, you know, being in the PR world, you know, being able to time when you're going to send the media an email, when they're going to be most responsive versus like on deadline. Yeah. And I've just kind of like been thinking, you know, apply that to my teenage daughter where she's just going through midterms. And I just noticed a couple like charges on the account that she wasn't supposed to, she didn't tell me she made. And I'm like, mm. wanted to just like call her yesterday and be like, what WTF, you know, like, what are these? <laughs> but I'm like, no, I'm not going to do this because she's in the middle of studying for a midterm. She's going to get frazzled. It's going to break her down. It's not going to do any good. Like I can hold on to this and like not do it. But I, I've made the mistake of actually just reacting emotionally to things like right away, you know, calling her at all, all hours when I see something or whatever. And like, totally like, that's like so important because you're never, you're just going to, you could either ruin whatever, you know, make things worse for them in their day or what they're trying to achieve by the timing of it. And then the other thing, you know, this is just something that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks is just active listening, you know, whether it's with your child, your, your spouse, your parent, your you know, friend, yeah. you know, just trying to be there and just not think about anything else, even like, oh my God, this person is talking so much, or, you know, I need to get out of here. <laughs> you know, um, we're all guilty of that. We yeah. Do it. I do it too. I mean, nobody's perfect. We have to accept that we're humans, you know, we're going to react emotionally once in a while. It's okay. It's perfect. It's fine. I mean, nobody's perfect. And I think being a parent might be the hardest job there is on the planet. And the mistakes you make are actually opportunities to learn and improve yourself. And if you take it into that mindset and actually, you know, as I said, ask for forgiveness, uh, admit it when you're wrong and everything, what you teach your child is that making mistakes is okay. And they need to make mistakes if you want them to learn and eventually leave home. Because if they're always relying on you and you have to make all the decisions and assume all the consequences, they will never grow up. They will never be autonomous. And that's ultimately your goal is to prepare them for adulthood and be ready and be, you know, the, the well-rounded adult that you know they can be and fulfill their potential. That's what you want. So by working on yourself, you can allow that to shine through and teach your children that, you know, even at my age, 
I'm looking to improve myself. What lesson are you telling your child is that life is beautiful. You are ever growing. You never get stuck if you are learning to improve and, and, and willing to make mistakes. Be willing to make mistakes. Don't fear mistakes. Mistakes are beautiful. Mistakes are what makes you you. You learn through mistakes. I think also parents and teenagers are influenced by the perfection that social media has you know, portrayed and being the best mom, being the best dad, being the, you know, what are your friends doing? What are you, what are, you know, what school did they get into or you didn't get into? And it's just, you know, what, what, what advice do you give to that? Like how to kind um, of manage I that? Think, I think that if you try to make it, to put it in perspective, you have to make sure that your kid understands that what they see on social media is not reality first you know it's not because you see it on social media that it's true but what i feel is a bit that may be disheartening is that we see something that seemed to be perfect without really knowing the person that's posting but i would surmise that most of the people that spend all of their time on social media are actually miserable because they're looking for outside validation and there's a danger with outside validation because you don't control it. You don't control anything. The only thing you control in your life is the way you react to things. And by looking outside or outwards to feel validated or to feel worth, it's a dangerous game to play because as, as we've seen, I mean, people can love you one day and just try to destroy you the next day on social media. It's very unforgiving. And if you don't build those solid basis and those solid personality traits that will help you navigate judgment from others if you are not able to build yourself up from within because you're always distracted or you're not taking the time to build those those um, foundational traits I think the future is is it might be might be gloom yeah yeah. I love your opinion on this. So we did this a couple of years ago before the pandemic, our three kids were getting to a point where it was going to become harder and harder to go on a family trip. And usually, you know, whenever trips, whatever trips we were on, we're all on our devices. We're trying to work at the same time. So we went to Cuba and it was a place where everybody was just off the grid for five days and we had the most amazing time and we disconnected and connected. And I just spoke with a good friend of mine who just went to a a Bible camp weekend with her mother and her sister. And, you know, they're older now, but going to something like that, she was like dreading going to it because she had been out of town for work and she you know, didn't have time for it. And it was again, like this, I, you know, somewhere where they disconnected and connected. Or is that something that you recommend? And what are, if it is like, what examples or what actionable things can parents do to connect with their, their teenagers more? Yeah, it, it can be hard if you're an entrepreneur, of course, and your business requires your attention at all times. So I'm, I'm truly kudos to the parents that have teenagers and also run a business at the same time. It's very tricky. And even if you don't run a business, we all have responsibilities that it's hard to get away from. But ultimately, I think businesses and the business world and even our society kind of tricked us into thinking that we are required to say yes to everything. So there's this, there's this FOMO and this YOLO kind of mentality where we kind of feel guilty when we take time. But as you said, when you decide to choose yourself and you put the, the boundaries and you are 
adamant at keeping those boundaries. I was talking about coherence and, and being consistent. That's also true in the business world. When I used to be uh, working for companies in my, in my prior professional life, people always talk to me, you know what, why, how can you manage, you know, not looking at your emails at night? I said, because when I was hired, I told my boss, you can send me an email anytime, anytime, but I will be looking at them between nine and five. That's it. When you are not trying to fool yourself into thinking that you have to do it, you can make other choices. The choice is ultimately yours. So this is another thing I think that teaching our kids might be a good idea is to listen to what their limits are, learn what they are, listen to what they are, and it's okay to tell other people not to trample us and to say, you know what, this is the limit. I will respect this limit. So every time you go uh, into my into my space, there will be a consequence. That's okay. That's all right. So yes, the question was, do I recommend taking time away from the internet? Of course, less distraction means more presence and more presence is always good. And um, looking my looking at my my niece and my nephew grow up, I spend time with them. Time is something that will always have value because it's the only thing that is limited. Resources, you know, you can find another job, make more money. Uh, you can always find the resources in you to, I don't know, strategize something. And and but time, time is the one thing that we are limited in, and. Every time that goes by, every day that goes by that you don't spend with your teenager or you spend angry at your teenager is time that you will never, ever get back. And to me, that would be the wake up call as, okay, what's the most important thing? And it goes with consistency, consistency too, because if you're telling your kid that they're the most important thing and you're never spending time with them for some reason, there's an, there's an inconsistency there for me. So, but I admit it, it's hard. It's super tough. It's super tough. But if you can get help or, you know, help take some people that can help you manage this and manage your relationship with your teenager, the memories that you will build for your teenager, for yourself, the experience that you will provide, the, the depth of connection that you will be able to have with your teenager is something that you will bring with you all your life. It's truly an investment. So think of it as an investment. I love that. So Pascal, how if parents that are listening want to reach out to you, what tell us about some of the programs that you offer and how you can help? Yeah, I have my, my website is parentlead, L-E-A-D, parentleadcoaching.com. And if you want to reach, reach out to me directly, you can just send me an email, Pascal, P-A-S-C-A-L-E at parentleadcoaching.com. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, great. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. And I'm sure um, I'm going to be reaching out to you too. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much. This is super informative for all parents with teens, regardless if they're, you know, college students, young adults, I think it applies. So thank you so much for your time. And we'll put any other resources in, that we mentioned today in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And with that, I'm going to say namaste. Namaste. Thank you very much for having me, Lisa. Thank you. And if you're listening to this, we are going to do another interview with Pascal on Social PR Secrets podcast. 